Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Reganano. With me, as always, Richie Byrne. Your producer, Soul Joel. Okay. We're continuing on. Well, he's back. It's on, baby. And he's better than this ever. This is a second appearance. This is, this is like, you know, to have Carson. Him back by popular demand. Get your second appearance on Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. Uh, your career's taken off, A baby. very special guest. This is a very Who special guest. killed it. His first time on the show. Yes. Just killed it. People have been talking to me about his appearance. I, yeah. I cannot. I, people I, are calling me. Oh, my God. I literally was laughing so hard I started like I thought I was going to pass I thought I was going to die. I, yeah. I really thought yeah. I was about to like white Let's out. Let's do it again. Over. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it again. Joey Cole. Joey. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. Yes. Thanks for having me, you guys, Let's and thanks for having me last time too. Now, Thank I want to tell you, sir. We're gonna cut to the chase. Uh, gin and let's hear a joke. No, Chianti. Can I go with? Yeah. Yeah. No. no but my wife mask. and I went to Italy, and I know I'm getting fat. People pointed at my stomach and went, "Prego." Hey. <laughs> no, I'm into Chianti now. Chianti wine. So and, uh, really because Cindy loves Chianti. Yeah, and it's, uh, um, and. The uh, wine. And and, and, uh, and this lady goes to the gynecologist, and the gynecologist says, you have the biggest vagina I've ever seen. You have the biggest vagina I've ever seen. She said, you didn't have to say it twice. She says, I didn't. <laughs> ah! Boom! All right. And now we're back. Now, you told the story last time on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you remember. Right. And it was about Betty's fireside. Yes. And, now, and you said, it was about Bob Woods and a brawl, I but did? you said that you brought yeah. uh, the air horn. The air horn. Yeah, I got him in the back of my car right I now. I have to tell you a story okay. that I forgot to say then because your story just went on and on. And it was right. so funny. That oh. Dude, I thought I was going to out. My first time at Betty's Fireside, they would show up like psyched to kill you. Like, to kill they, you. They would show up. Like they Jeez. knew. Yes. Somebody, yeah. I think it was Tough Leno. Gig, yeah. Somebody asked Leno, I think it was, on TV once. Right. What's the worst gig you ever did? He said Betty's Fireside. Yeah. So they wore that like a badge of honor. It was like a badge wow. of honor. Yeah. yeah. Tough and gig. It should have had a, uh, a fence around the stage. And I went. Yeah. And I went. It, <laughs> Chicken yeah, like wire. Blues Brothers. Chicken it, wire. So yeah. I went the first time and, and it, same thing. And I was like, I am not going to let these people get me. Right. I'm not, and I managed to win them over, which was such a. I I really did. I with cocaine. Really actually. We're they listening. listened? They were listening. Wow. After the show, this guy comes up and goes, you know what? You got us. We were, And I go, thank you. And he goes, that'll never happen again. <laughs> it was, and So I go yeah. back six months later. There's the guy. The same, and he's yeah. waiting. He's like, yeah. you, you, we're going to fuck you up tonight. Right, we're right, going to fuck yeah. you up. He goes, I got to. And I go yeah, up on stage to start the show, and he had a horn, an air horn. Wow. And as I, I go, how you guys doing? Hey! And I look, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? And he goes, I'm prepared, motherfucker. I go, he probably saw what I brought probably saw horn. you doing yeah. it. And I go, this is the best part. I go, wow. I go, you brought an air horn to fuck with me? He goes, yeah. I go, dude, that's genius. Like that. He goes, yeah. really? I go, yeah. Can I see it? He goes, yeah. And I took it. I go, now you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Duck season. He was sucking. Rabbit season. Duck season. That's it. So I wanted. I have a feeling he saw you and yeah, came up with I the was, idea. I was the one of the first wave of people to come in and do it. You know what I mean? Because this is when I did it. Linda Rowe was booking it. So this. Yeah, was no, Dennis yeah. Ross was the original one. Had, right. Had a, yeah. 
Right. Because like Voss was, would do it and oh. you know, all those guys would do it. So Yeah, I remember Voss day. telling but me. But there was a lot of tough gigs, man. Yeah. Yeah. But those were great days for comedy. Yeah, Voss used to we used to do BF Packies. Remember BF Packies? I Gary do. Grant used to book that. Yeah, yeah, Gary and uh right. There's just a bunch of tough rooms, man. What you know what I mean? When did you start? Uh, 8081. I'm doing okay. it uh, wow. in 2018. You are like coming uh, well, out of the room. Well, it's 2019 now. I know, yeah. but 2019 now, so that's going to be uh, what's it, 38 time. years. Yeah, well, wow. if, I, if, we, if we take it 30, 81. So was it hard to like right out in the get-go? It was the boom, so like there's work, there's money, there's all this stuff. No, 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 no. It's not hard. For, it's not easy for anybody at get-go. No, nobody. Right. It's not easy. I, I, my, my life transitioned in a way where it became easier for me after a lot of uh, heartache and a lot of uh, bad happening. I, I, been, I went through a lot with well, my mother getting killled and everything. Oh, wow. and Can you tell that story? Yeah, of course. I, I, wanna, I don't want to bring the show down or anything. No, but no, but it's, I could abbreviate it. I mean, it, we, but, talk, we tell stories and they don't yeah. always have to be. So I, I started this off with. This is quite a story. If you go back to like when I was a, a little kid, my Uncle Ralph used to play guitar at all the family parties. My Uncle Angelo told jokes. My parents sang and everything. So my Uncle Angelo would give a four year old a microphone and I would tell jokes and my cousins and my cousin learned how to play guitar and, and everybody, you know, everybody kind of did a little something. And I realized that four years old, if I could tell a joke on... You guys are like the Von Trapp Colas. That's exactly. (laughs) The Von Colas we were. The family Von Cola. So uh, I got attention. You get attention from the the grown-ups when you do that. So at at a very young age, I was like, oh. But it was like like that. It was like a clan. My Uncle Fred sang Elvis Presley, and my Aunt Frida sang this. Half German, half Italian, you know. So I had a Frida, yet we had an Angelo. We had all of that (laughs) coming together. And then who was married to, to a Jewish person? We had Jews. We had everybody. Everybody was like, it was like 700 Sundays, like a Billy Crystal type of thing. Yeah. And we'd perform in the living room, and my Uncle Ralph would always have instruments. Anyway, so as we got as we got older in high school, I became a little bit more shy. I wasn't the best looking guy, so my friends were like the class. When did you turn of, into the hunk you are now? Well, oh, <laughs> that took a lot of work and protox. Prego, prego. So, um, yeah, I wasn't the class comedian. I was a class. I was the class comedian, not the class clown. Like that thing goes, that Billy Crystal says the class clown runs across the football field naked. The class comedian talked him into doing it. Yeah, that's who I was. So, so then uh, after high school, I go to college. You know, I went to spend this. Uh, a season up in Brockport, upstate, where it was really cold. A season, yeah, season. that was it. It got really cold. Me, my, playing st- ball? Yeah. Student, students call it a semester. It was, <laughs> it was so bad because me and my friend Tommy Morano went up there, and we were always like gambles and stuff from Long Island. But all these upstate kids were like kind of not with it, you know, like that. So we had gambling rings and all kinds of stuff. My Jesus father would come and visit. Christ. My father, and mother would visit. And they'd go, "How come you got carpets in your place?" A couple of street hustlers. Because yeah, we had Vig and everything, and we got us, we got a second person to do it. Vic Henley had a story. How does this kid have a Corvette? He's a broke college kid. Cable in college. (laughs) Back in the 80s. 1979. He bought a Kia in cash. We did. We, we, you know what else we did? We got jobs at the, uh, at the the cafeteria, the school cafeteria. Just as a front? Yeah, as a front. So we made some money because our father's like, you guys got to get jobs while you're working up here. So we got the jobs and we made Meanwhile, you're making more than him. Yeah. Well, we're doing gambling. We're doing numbers and football cards. We're in the house. So all we did was take, you know, football cards, you bet? We just took those 
from our friends downstate in Long right, Island. Right, right, right. We made our every, own. Every yeah. bar in New York had football yeah, cards. Back yeah, then. so we made our own, and we became the house. The fourth floor of Bramley Hall, the third floor, whatever we were on, was the house. We paid people. We paid the, the RN, the, the guy who watches the floor. We paid him to keep his mouth shut. We paid everybody off, and we'd have Jesus parties and all Christ. kinds of stuff. And then that was besides poker. And we were we took we took every pot. We skimmed off that. So we were taking <laughs> that. Upstate Goodfellas. Upstate Here, Goodfellas. I thought Tim Crumpier yeah. was yeah. the relative of so, the mobster. So we were so we we were up there, and we got ourselves jobs at the, at the, the cafeteria. So we put ourselves in charge of ordering the food, and we figured out that a college like refrigerator. Prison? And no, like like prison almost, <laughs> but it, it, we, the college refrigerator is this big. It's a big square. If when you order milk, it's a five gallon box with a little white nipple on it. That box fits perfectly into the refrigerator. So we would order like twenty extra those. As soon as they'd come, throw them in a the dumpster. In the middle of the night, it's forty below, snow up everywhere. It's, it's upstate New York. We'd go back in the dumpster, take the milk out, $20 a box all over the thing. <laughs> we were doing hot milk. We hot were doing, milk. We were doing hot we were, milk. We were doing, we were, we were, we were running milk. <laughs> we were running milk. Because no when, you're, when you're a kid in college, what's, what do you eat? Cereal. Every morning, cereal. That's true. So, except we had we had deep fryers making meatballs also. The so, Kennedys had prohibition. We had, the a, we had, had, had another milk. guy whose father had an inn getting deep fryers. So we would sell deep fryers. All you had to do is get your own oil fell, and milk. Fell off the and truck. You, and you can and you could uh, make meatballs in the room. So meatballs and milk were our thing. So our parents would come in. The M boys. Oh my yeah. God! How horrible did our, your room our, smell our, from our, farts? Our parents would come up come up to the room and go, "How come you got carpeting? How come you got?" And my my friend Tommy Morano. He was he was very good looking guy. So he had a lot of girls hanging around, like gorgeous women. Were always up around the place. It was really cool. You're trying to get some of that. Lenny Engelman from uh, from Westchester would do a, do our books. We had oh my so anyway, anyway. What was his name? Lenny Engelman. Of course. He's up in uh, Oddsley. No. Ding 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 ding. He's up in <laughs> he's up in Sing Sing. Keep now. an eye on the money. Look at that! I just called back to the last show. There you go. It's a call back to the last show. So anyway, somebody else's life. <laughs> Shout out to Judy Gold. I go to college. I come back, Gold. and uh, and then I start working at Augie's Baking Company on Long Island. It's a Tambird factory. I go to. CW. Did you want to be? A, did you know you wanted to be a comedian? I knew I wanted to be a comic because I saw uh, while I was going to college at CW Post and working at Tambird Factory, I saw a documentary on HBO called Pips, uh, produced by Seth Schultz and Marty Schultz, and it was about the the club. It was Dennis Wolfberg. It was Seinfeld. It was uh, Joan Rivers. It was. Uh, Landisburg, Klein, Rodney, they were all working at this club in, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And I was so it's enamored that. that I said, oh, my God, I think I can do that. I think I got the personality to do that. So I called Pips and I said, can I can I come in and, and try five minutes? And they said, where else do you work in the city? I said, nowhere. I want to start with you guys. No, as soon as you work at other places, then we'll put you on. So then I figured, all right, that's off the table now. But let me see if I can call some other clubs. I called the Improv on 9th and 44. Mm -hmm. And whoever was working for Silver Friedman at that point said, I, where else do you work? And I go, nowhere. I want to start with you guys. No, when you work somewhere else. So then I lied. I called Pips back and I said, I already work at the, uh, the Improv. <laughs> and then I called the Improv back and told them I already work at Pips, and I got gigs at both places. Really? At the same time, doing uh, Steerbon on Willis Avenue and, and uh, winning the, the, the ten dollar contest that night. I did uh, North uh, North Northport, the uh, Lockfield Manor. I That's, did uh, oh, I did I, uh, at Augie's Banking Company. I did the, 
the company Christmas party. I made did an impression of Marty Rubin. All I did is do impressions of people that worked at the baking company. <laughs> so I did that. And then I just started doing some gigs. Now, I was working at the, uh, while I was going to college, working at the Italian Bird Factory. Just I was a hustler. A hustler. Working $3.25 an hour at the bakery. So I go to Eastside Comedy Club. Richie Minavini opens up the Eastside Comedy Club. On audition night, I go in there, and there's Rosie, and all these big names are in there. But I don't, to me, now they're big names. They but weren't names. They were yeah. nobody yet, yeah. So I had five minutes. It wasn't killer, but I had five minutes. And I said, can I get on the show? Peter Bales is hosting. So I got on the list of like 20 comics. And I went up and I held my own. I didn't do well, but I held my own. I come off stage and Minavini hands me a $20 bill and goes, that was great. Can you come back next week and do the same thing? It took me like working 50 hours at, the, at a bakery carrying 100-pound bags of flour on my shoulder while I was going to college to make $58 for the whole week. This guy, I talked for five minutes, and he handed me a 20. I saw God. I was like, oh. So I was like, $20. Oh, my God. I go, I'll come back every week. And then Richie and I became friends. Yes. He kind of took me under his wing and everything. So anyway, I start doing comedy. Uh, Cinnamons. Uh, top of Cinnamons. the town. Top of the town was Cinnamons, and, uh, owned by Jerry Cooney. And I started doing one-nighters right, and right, stuff right, right. all over Long Island. And then I started banging around all over like the city clubs and banging around and stuff. And then I got I got the gig. It's Comedy Stop at the Trop in Atlantic City. So I'm doing that gig, and I got, I got a, a, a condo, which is right below Sinatra and above. Love Dolly Parton, where they put them next to the Tropicana, and I'm emceeing, and this guy with a ventriloquist with a duck is the middle guy, I forget his name, and Adam Leslie was the closing Adam act. Adam Leslie! Adam Leslie was the closing act. He Rest his soul now, too. Money. Yeah, he well, he, yeah, he had some problems, too, that guy. But anyway, I'm, I'm emceeing, right? My, my parents are, like, so proud. This is 1986 now. I'm doing comedy for, like, five years, and I'm somebody now, but I'm still emceeing, right? So... I, I, I get to the gig. Um, my parent, I did the Friday night. My parents are in the audience. Next day, they stay in the trap. We woke up, had breakfast. We go to get ice cream, walk in the boardwalk and everything. I put them in the car. They drive home. We go back, get dressed. I go to the show. I go, I go up to five minutes or ten minutes in the MC spot. I come off stage. We got a call backstage. It's my, it's my mother-in-law. Who we weren't married yet, it was my mother-in-law telling Bob Kephart that my parents were in a car accident. One of them was killed. Just wow. then I hear the middle act go, that's my time, let's hear it for Joey Cola. Back on stage, do five more minutes looking at the seats that my parents were in the night before. Talking about wow. my mother waking me up in the morning to find out what time I had to get up. And all of that stuff. Right. I did my oh, time, God. automatic pilot. Come off stage. I bring up Adam Leslie. I go, I'm cl you guys close out the show. We're going. We run back to the apartment, pack all the stuff. I jump in my East Nissan Sentra that I had, and uh, we drive all the way Is back. Is Leonora with you? She's with me. Okay, we weren't married at that time, uh, but, but she was married. weren't alone. Yeah. We drive back to Long and Island. And you don't know which parent at this well, point. Well, no. And he's, and she they're at the uh, the hospital. It was on 110. This um, is pre-cell phones. Yeah. Pre-cell phones. So, um, yeah, 86. It was my birthday the, that day and everything. So On your birthday? Got, yeah, God. on my birthday. So it was my, it was my, 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 my brother told my mother-in-law to tell them, don't go to the hospital. Uh, to go come home because everybody's at the house now. Don't go to the hospital. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to handle it. So I went. F you. I'm going to the hospital. Brunswick Hospital. I'm 110. Okay. It's gone now. But um, I went to the hospital. And there's my mother. My father's upstairs on the fourth floor, third floor, whatever it was. He doesn't know anything. And my mother is in a coma. She's alive, but she's in a coma. Her head is swelled up. Her eye is open and blinking, but she's not there. She's there's tubes in her and she's breathing. She's on the monitor, but she's not there. She's so I said, can she hear me? 
visual. If you yell and scream, maybe she could hear you, but maybe she'll react, you know? So there I am screaming, mom, crying, mom, mom, mom. And she wasn't waking up. So my, my, my wife grabbed me and said, let's, let's just go home. So um, we went home. All the relatives, all my friends were all at my house at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody slept all over the place. And then um, we got through the, through the day, the next day, you know, trying to wake her up and everything. And then the following day, she died at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And then uh, we had my brother and I had to bury her while my father was upstairs. We couldn't even tell him because he was in such bad shape. We told him they were afraid he was going to die too. So we buried her. And then after a while, we told him. And I didn't get on stage for like two months, or two and a half months. So could, I gave up a uh, I gave up a, a shot at Star Search. Star Search was the big thing, you know. So yeah, Ed, yeah. Ed McMahon hosted it. I gave up my audition, but I gave it to Steve O, and he wound up getting the show. So he called me. He came to the house a few times, and he saw what bad shape I was in. He said. You're coming out to California with me. You're staying in my room and you're going to coach me on Star Search. You're getting out of this environment. I said, okay. So, because I was drinking NyQuil, I was in bad shape. Because my mother and I were very close, you know. So, anyway, went out there. He beat Jackie Marling. He beat Martin Lawrence. Um, and he, he did wow. really pretty well. And then he lost. So, when he lost, Rich Jenny was out there. He was already becoming like a decent star. And Mo, Mo Rooney was hosting Comic Strip Live. And they lived off Sunset Boulevard. So, they let us stay in their apartment for a few weeks. So, we stayed with them. And then we did a gig down in the San Bernardino Valley at the Quality Inn for an all-black audience. And, they, and I went with them. They were all doing this one night a gig. And then Mo Rooney, I think Mo Rooney was either headlining or MCing, and then he brought me up. He goes, I got a friend. I go, don't bring me up, because all I got is my mother in my head with the tubes and everything. So he goes, I said, don't bring me up. He brought me up anyway. I did five minutes automatic pilot to an all-black audience, and I held my own. I didn't do well, but I held my own. And I come off stage, and they were all crying. They go, see, you were going to kill yourself. You, you thought it was all over, and now you just you just did automatic pilot. They don't know your mother. They don't know your, your circumstance. You can make this stuff up. No, no one's going to check. No one's checking. So I, 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 made up, I made up my act, and I did well, and I called Minavini from that gig. And I said, Richie, I'm coming back, and I'm going to do your club. He says, I don't care if Jackie Mason's on stage on a Saturday night. I'll pull him off to put you up. Then I called my wife, who was my, girl, was my girlfriend at the time. I said, don't worry. I'm going to be okay. I came back. I middled for like two months. Then I can't explain it. People ask me, oh, I can't explain it. I, I thought about what my mother would want me to do. Like you do with your father. Right. And this power comes in you. It fills your soul. It goes to your brain. And it becomes light. That's all. That's the only way I can explain it. I'm a skeptical guy. I believe nothing unless I see it. But all I can say is this thing comes in you. It goes right here. Goes up here in your brain and out through light. And then I started writing like a maniac. I took that energy that anger energy and th that I was that she's th the fact that somebody took my mother away and I turned it into an act and I started killing and that was 87 I got married in 87 87 88 I started doing Caroline's comedy hour evening at the improvs a bunch of them and now everything here I am. took off yeah everything took wow. off intense yeah. right Dude, I'm like, yeah. That's not even a, that's not even nineteen. I didn't even I forgot to tell you about nineteen eighty two. When I was in a head on car crash on Spur Drive South on Long Island, coming the night chuckles open. These guys are racing on a fifteen mile an hour side road. Some guy hit me at eighty five miles an hour head on. I wow. walked out of the front of the car. The engine was in the back. I walked into this house. I was all bloody. I said, "Can I use your phone?" The whole family started screaming because it was a white kitchen with a white phone. I left blood all over it. Yeah. Wow. Oh Want me to keep going, man? No. I'll tell well, you. There was, uh, <laughs> I got a bullet lodged <laughs> right here. You, 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 had, you had mentioned uh, David's Hell on the Road or some story that you wanted to tell. <clears throat> oh, David. Well, too, when... Go ahead. But I wanted to talk a little bit about warm-up, too. Well, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's the king. Oh yeah. How we much we time didn't get to do it the we last plenty time. We do. Well, Dave, David, Tell, I knew, I knew, I knew David Tell years ago when he started doing stand up, and I remember him coming to Caroline's to see me because I, I was, a, I became a road comic because I knew you had to, you had to get out, and uh, I, I a, a lot of comics, uh, a lot of comedy club owners started to see me on like Caroline's Comedy Hour, evening at the Improv, uh, Showtime, yeah, yeah, Showtime. So I did the road a lot. So when I come back to New York, uh, Caroline liked me, you know what I mean. So I did, I would do these clubs, and um, and Tell had a couple of TV spots. I remember him coming. In and saying, "Hey, man, I want you know." I said, "Dave, what are you doing?" And he's he's doing the road a lot because he had six minute television spots. So he, I was flattered that he came in to watch me and see me do because I was a road guy. I mean, you, that was the way you made money. You made money by doing the road and casinos and and even the cruise ships really didn't pay that much. So I came off. I had a nervous breakdown after yeah, I did a I cruise ship. That. A nervous breakdown. I flew on a plane next to a guy with a live chicken on his lap. <laughs> and um, that'll do it. Yeah. Didn't, that's a whole and didn't De Niro story, watch man. you? What De Niro watched you for recently for his movie, last year the movie the, the, movie, the comedian yeah. De Niro Jess Kirsten was his was, coach was coaching him and I was doing it was Tommy Gooch Chris Roach and me doing that uh, the Crescent Crescent uh, in Bayville for Tom and Gigno. The Crescent, oh yeah, the uh, the yacht, no, what, Crescent uh, Beach Club Crescent Beach, Beach Club. Club yeah yeah so I'm doing a uh, benefit there. And uh, we see all these movie trucks, and there's something's going on downstairs. So me and Tom and Jigno, who's a who's a booking agent on Long Island, we walk downstairs and we go, "What's going on?" Oh, De Niro's shooting a movie. So we go, "Could we go on and sit and take a look?" And no, no, it's all blocked. It's blocked. All right. So I go go upstairs. We're just waiting around. We start the show. Tommy Gooch goes up. There's ten or fifteen minutes. He brings up Roach, and as Roach is on, Tom and Jigno and I are back in the back of the room. And we see Jess Kirsten come running up, and I'm friends with Jess. I'm actually warming up her her uh, Comedy Central special. Are you really? in January? Yeah. Awesome. So, so, uh, so she she comes in and goes, Joey, Jess, how you doing? I go, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm coaching De Niro downstairs. She goes, what are you doing here? I said, I'm, I'm, we're doing this show. He goes, she goes, you're, you're working here tonight? I said, yeah. He goes, oh, oh my God, I, I, want, I want him to see you. I go, you got to be kidding me. Who, him? De Niro, I want him to watch you. Yeah. I'm going to bring him up. I go, holy shit. How did you feel about that? I was shocked right away. I'm like, were oh, my nervous? God. Did he Nah, because I, I, the only time I was really nervous about doing stand was Colin came to see me in Vegas. He called me and came to see me. That one, that yeah. I got a little bit nervous. Yeah. But I, I don't get nervous <laughs> about humans anymore. Right. I, I don't get. I don't. Nothing human yeah. could affect this. So, so, so back, back, back to De Niro. Up. Yeah, Real back quick. to De Niro. So I, I uh, Roach comes off, and he's you, already in the you room. You know it's bad when he's keeping you on track. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to go this way. <laughs> so anyway, so he, so Roach, Roach comes off, and De Niro's there with like hair and makeup, and about like like twenty people are there, are there with De Niro. So Roach comes off, and he goes, "Hey, good, good set to him, eh?" And everybody's a good set. Gucci, ladies and gentlemen, Joey Cola, boom! I jump on stage. I do, I do, I. Right out of the shoot, I'm like blah, 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 blah. twenty minutes, hard hitting, right? And I see them all watching, and he's dressed in that outfit that he had, and it's like a bit like a orangey tan outfit that he had. So and then they all leave, right? So I figured, all right, I'm gonna do an hour. So I did twenty minutes, and I did another twenty minutes in the middle, and I held my own. Uh, after forty minutes, who comes back in by himself, De Niro, standing in the back of the room like this, just watching me. 
So I I you're going to say he did the like Cape Fear laugh. Yeah, yeah. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in and he's watching me from the back of the room. I said, thanks a lot. Good night. Now, nobody could see he's there because he's in the back of the room. The audience is looking this way. And now the host of the night is going to start doing her baskets. So I run to the back of the room and he goes, hey, good set, man. Good set. And then he started asking me like questions. He goes, I noticed when you when you hit a punchline, you take it straight out and you 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 bend your knees. Like I said, yeah, I told Colin told me always take a punchline straight out to the audience because it makes it makes it makes them know that you mean it more but part of my weapons like when when you're an actor or comedian part of my weapon is to drive a point home i use my hands i use my physical body i use my knees i bend them to 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 get that message out whatever it is he goes yeah interesting man interesting because you your dialect and the way we were like picking things away he studied you like an actor he did he was like he was like picking out things that i didn't even notice he goes a great watching you man so then his limo driver comes up and goes take his number i might where you going you're going to be in the city i said i'm going to be at gotham next week he goes we might come in to see you and uh, I'll be in touch with Jess and this and that. So good to meet you. And he left. And then Roach comes back in and goes, you know, I just saw him in the hallway. Roach said to, to he said to Roach, Chris Roach, that he goes, is he still on? I want to catch at the end of his act. Wow. So he came up to see me, De Niro. Oh, my God. That was really cool. That was really, really wow. cool. And then and afterwards, I talked to Jess again. And Jess was like, he, he like loved you and stuff. So. You know, for for as many gigs as you don't gig, and for how many nights and uh, the things you don't get, and wishes that never came true, it's little things like that. I mean, you had a Patty Labelle moment. That that <laughs> a moment. Uh, uh, it's it's. I mean, it's a, that was the most amazing. I saw the video. Yeah. That's m things like that happen. That's those are total gifts from God. Yeah. That's God. That's God going. You're doing something right. Yeah. Forget about bad 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 at the chuckle right. pay. We gave you an extra fifty dollars. God told you you're doing something right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, wow. over, the, over the summer, you, you did that at the Valley Forge Casino. And that's something I really appreciated. You told the what? whole audience, they're like, um, yeah, they're like, well, you're amazing. You really are. You're, you're, you're like a how many how many book we're doing it a long time. How many bookers have we seen that come in with the hunger that Joel, Joel's got None. and and says, I, I, I want I want to put together great shows because. Because not only does he get on stage, but here's a guy who's watching the audience like we are. Yeah. Not just putting the show together and going and trying to get laid in the closet. Right. He's out there <laughs> watching. He's, yeah. he's, well, he, he makes sure the show's part. over. Joel tries to get laid in a coffin. <laughs> No, but you know what I'm coffin. saying. He yeah, watches yeah. the Th audience. You, he cares about what they're drinking. He cares about what they're laughing at. Is that comic right for this room? Um, he produces a show. Yeah, right. you know he's not going to put this one with this one and expect it to work. Right. He mixes the chemicals so it's drinkable. That's what this guy does. <laughs> for everybody at home, he actually acted that out. He acted that whole thing out. Mixed and drank. Doing improv. Now we didn't. He's the king. We didn't get to talk about this last time because you. Nope. That should be on Joel's EPK. I, we actually he, he mixes it together and drinks. There's it only like been two can. two shows where I felt like there was no reason for the three of us to be here. One was the last time with Joey. He could have done the whole thing without us. And the other was Vic ironically Hanley. no. Well, Vic, yeah, but no. Uh, uh, I just blanked on his name. Oh, oh Craig Gas. No, the oh, one at your God. house. Um, oh, oh, Jimmy Schubert. Schubert just. Yeah, shoes Stream of shoes get out of yeah. his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we and and but I want to talk about because I've said this a million times, and I mean, you're the biggest influence in my career. I, I, you, I, you probably have the most shout outs out of all the comics. If really? We, if we had a chart every time we do a shout out, because we're here to help each other. No, you are. We're here to help each other. 
A lot of people aren't like that. Well, that, that's my philosophy. Though. You are. I'm here to help And whenever people. I work with a younger comic and I help a, a younger comic out and they right. go, hey, man, thanks. I go, don't thank me. Thank Joey Cole. Well, thank you. don't have to do he that. he always told me to it's, pass and it's it It's not forward. me. But if you're in it's, the business of thanking me. It's working through me Zip. to do that, to put that good in the world. That's what it is. So anyway, so, you've always, I've always said that almost every great thing I've gotten in my career, he's been a part of. First time I did my variety show, there was nobody I was going to call to be my comedy guest but you. Thank and you. And you got me through that. It was right. one of the hardest things in my and life. And I did it by showing one of my nipples. You did, he did show, <laughs> yes. But you, well, I was going to say, with, without Richie setting you up, I want to hear, he's told the story about how you called and said your ship has come in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I would yeah. like to hear your side okay, of the story. Okay, so here's what happened. Ten years, almost ten years ago, nine and a half years ago, uh, I'll tell you the beginning part, and then uh, nine and a half years ago, I, my wife had found a house, and we were buying this house, and she was going to go put a bid on the house. It was the final bid, and if the bid was right, we were going to get And I woke up that morning, and I was like, I can't afford this fucking house. My uh, I go and I, and I said I got to do something because this girl's been great to me. She never gets in the way. She never and and I'm gonna have to get a day job and that's just the way it is. And I went. Uh, my car was in the shop and my friend was driving me to get my car and the phone rang and it was you. And I answered the phone and you was this is 20 minutes later after I after I said this and I answered the phone and what were you screaming? Your ship has come in. Yeah, scream. Your ship yeah, has your come ship, in. Your ship, buddy. Your ship is in. And then he says, can you talk? Uh, yeah, can and you I talk? And I go, no. And he says, who gets told this ship has come in, in and, and they goes, can't talk? Yeah, we got to put you on hold. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Cue the elevator music. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'll never forget it because I hung up the phone and my friend goes, what was that about? I go, Joey Cola, it's probably some warm-up gig that I'm not going to get. I remember, dude, I'm not going to get You got a better memory than I do. And I, 20 minutes later, I got my car and I yeah. called you and, and yeah. you were telling me, well, Dr. It was a bigger, Oz, well, you know who he is. It was a much bigger moment for him than you. Yeah. Well, but, his ship came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and I remember sitting with you at rehearsal at the Dr. Oz show. Right. And you telling me, this thing's going to run. For years and years, and I'm going, dude, I'll be happy to get a year out of this. Dr. Ross. And here it is 10 years later. Well, people don't know warm-up is when, when when people go to a live television show and there's an audience, there's a comedian that welcomes the audience to that the host's home. We, we, we're the butler. We're the rodeo clown. We're the uh, welcoming committee. <laughs> right. When we do stand-up, it's our house. When we do warm-up, right. it's, it's their, their house. house. And we got to set up their house like a good MC would, right. let the audience know. Because sometimes people, it's their only time coming to a TV show, so we want to set it up where... Um, um, they have a good time, and um, and they, we want this host to be happy, and we want the audience to be happy. Right. So, um, and fuck and everybody I, else. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's we, pretty we, much how it goes. So I've helped a bunch of people over over the years getting getting warm up jobs and stuff, and only certain people can do it. A, a cut out for it's a it's a small box. It's a little green beret of stand up. You know what I mean? Right. Where you you put your own needs and stuff on, or you really got to have the because a lot of them come in like a lot of the comics. They ask you, I want to do warm up, want to do warm up. Oh, you got to get up at five thirty in the morning. Why do I got to do that? I'm not the, so you lose ninety of them, ninety percent of them at that point. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then when you tell them what they have to do, they're like, "Well, I want to just stand there with a mic and tell them my story." No, it's not about you. It's about where you're standing so you don't get hit with a camera. Your, your stage manager is throwing you, throwing your signals. You got to watch your host. You got to pay attention to conversation that's going on. If a guest, when a guest comes out, you got to be all about that give and take. Right. There's, there's a million things going on. So I mean, it, you know, you you really got to. Um, Multitask is putting it lightly. Now you, 
how did you get started with warm up? Because here's what I believe: there was always warm ups, right? But they weren't ever what you made it become. I I, I evolved it. Yeah. Are we out of and, time? We don't know. We're going to. And okay. I can we could tell the story about how that happened. Well, but you were doing it before Rosie. Uh, just for, the John Stewart show. Right. When John Stewart didn't have the politically incorrect. Was this, what was the, the show John he had? John Stewart show. What, yeah. So, but it was the original, the original one that he had for WOR and Channel yeah, Nine. The John Stewart, which show. is where, which is where Wendy Williams is now, above where Rachel Ray oh, is really? now. Yeah, it was upstairs there. So, so I was with Abrams Artist, and Ruth Ann Segunda was my agent. Her brother was Barry Segunda, who managed John Stewart, who was the executive producer of John Stewart show. Him and Jeff Sussman, who was my manager, were good friends. And Barry had seen me somewhere and said, wow, Joey, does Joey do warm-up? And so Jeff was like, I, I, he's never done warm-up. Is there any way we can get him? Because John wants high energy, and he knows Joey from, from Catch and all the mm-hmm. clubs that I work with John right. at. You know? Who's so, a great guy. Great, great, great Who's my best boss ever. So um, he And ironically, he, when I did the Rosie O'Donnell show, he was on it. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. okay. Which, by the way, was 20 years ago. December wow, 15th. wow. That's a Can long you believe time that? ago. Wow. Which, so, by the way, you got me. You and Jeanette Rosie. Yeah, 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 but anyway, go ahead. So anyway, I do the, I do the, uh, I do the, 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 uh, the, the warm-up, and I stay with him. The show was only on for like a year, and it was a great show. I it mean, was. Like, it like was. A, you know, uh, Pearl Jam came no, in, yeah, it was and a I, great got to, show. I got to get up close Jeanette, to Eddie Vedder. And, wow. Person. Oh, my yeah. God. The, uh, the uh, Insane Clown Posse came in, and Old yeah. Dirty Bastard was like in the- I always uh, took like, you for a juggalo. There you go. <laughs> so, so, like, all these, all these people, like, it was, uh, you know, I got stories about that that place too but anyway i did the warm-up on that and then in <laughs> anyway. 1996 i did uh i did letterman and my producer on letterman was daniel kellison who left producing letterman to go be executive producer on rosie's show so zoe friedman became my producer bud friedman's daughter at letterman so i did my letterman spot in 96 as i'm walking out rosie's show was already on for like four four days it started june 10th i, I so started wait, i just want to clarify this you you were performing on Letterman as a comic. I was I was yeah I did a Letterman spot and got Ladies a phone and call and got well, I did my Letterman spot as I'm walking out onto Fifty Third Street. I got Sussman with me. My wife is with me, and he had the big cell phone. That big the big thing looks like you're holding the brick. Yeah. So that thing rings and it's Rosie and Daniel Kellison saying, "Is there any way Joey could Rosie wants Joey to come over and warm up the show?" So her show right started. Then. Yeah, right there. So no, I didn't have to go no, right there. Then, it would but... have been the next day or oh, the next week. Oh, okay. So okay, she okay. started the show June tenth, ninety six, but I did the Letterman spot June thirteenth, ninety six. But then I started that following. So she day didn't have any warm up the first week. She used Eric Kornfeld, Judy Gold, oh, Angel, Angela Scott, and would, right, right, uh, that's right. Larry Amaros, a bunch right, right, of them. Right, right, right. But they didn't. They were writers. They didn't want. Right, to, they didn't want right. to. A, they didn't want to do it, and B, um, that wasn't the vibe. So Rosie got me on the phone, and Rosie, I said, Rosie, what do you want? You want Jer- is it Jerry Springer? Is it is it Sally Jesse Raphael? Is Phil? Because I remember you telling yeah. me you didn't she, want to do it if it was that. Yeah, she. Yeah, I said if the people are throwing chairs at each other, I don't want a part of it because like, that big Geraldo was big at that point. Mm-hmm. She said, No, I want Merv Griffin. I want uh, Mike, Mike Douglas, Douglas, and I want you to bring when you, when you. He says she says she said something to me. She goes, When you do East Side. When you leave the audience, the old Maya Angelou thing, it's how you make them feel, not what you said. When you, The audience feels yes. like they've been to a little bit of a party because of your energy. I love she that says, song. I want you to bring that energy to my show, and we're going to make it a party. And we're going to be shooting couche balls, giving things away. It's going to be a great party. I want people to celebrate. I want to celebrate every morning. Didn't she say she wanted you to be a show within the show? 
Uh, she, like she didn't say that per se, but she, right. that's that's the idea I got. Right. So I said, sure, let me go in. I sat with Rosie. I found out what she wanted. Plus, I knew her. I used to drive yeah. her to a lot of gigs, and we used to love candy together. Kit Kats was our thing. <laughs> we used to both sing in the car at the top of our lungs. So um, I started doing that show. I did it for six years. Then I jumped from there, uh, did a bunch of things in the middle. Uh, you know, uh, um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Tom Popper with Seinfeld's uh, oh, that show. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. Jane Pauley's show. I did Martha Stewart for seven years, and now I've been with Rachel Ray for seven years. Wow. And I'm doing a Murphy Brown now, too, the, the sitcom, which Richie did for me. Yeah, I had a ball. Yeah. Before I even met you, I, uh, I went, I had free tickets to go see uh, uh, America's Got Talent. Oh, I did that too. Yeah, and, with and I heard your voice. I'm like, where do I know this voice yeah, from? Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Joey Cola. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, that was that, five thousand seats. Did, Radio did, City Musical. That yeah, was a lot of energy. That was insane. That yeah. must be, and you did Stern's birthday party, right? Stern's birthday that party, was, I did. Yeah, and Stern Gary, mentioned them. Yeah, Gary called me. That's yeah, got to be a lot of pressure. Well, the, the, the kicker is, I got Stern's photographer took. I wore, I bought a to, uh, tux with with tails and a big top hat, and I he took a Stern's photographer took a picture of me. Stern signed it, and he wrote me a handwritten letter thanking me for warming up the crowd. Really? Yeah, 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 because there was all celebrities in the audience, and they weren't playing along with the program. So, so, so Stern pretty much said through Gary, wrangle these assholes. So I'm like, hey, Barbara Walters, sit down, you old bag. And I, we, who I didn't really, I had a problem with her earlier on anyway. So I'm like, I'm like, Katie Couric, we get it. You, you schmooze on your time. So I started making like fun of them, and it went over pretty well because they were like laughing, like, who's this guy, and this and that. Celebrity but, roasting. Yeah, a little bit. But it was great. It was really great. And the list of people that were on the show, I mean, it's, it's historic. You know, but I got to warm that up. And, uh, and was it black tux or was it colored? Black tux. Black with the white shirt with the bow Dumb tie. Dumb and dumber. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Big top hat. Yeah, it was fun. So. And I saw your old boss the other day. She was on uh, Oz. Oh, oh uh, Martha Stewart. Martha yeah, she Stewart. tweeted about it. She's Because uh, I went upstairs. She was no, on. No, she was on. Oh, yeah, Wendy she Williams. She was on Wendy Williams, and you yeah. went to see her, right? I went upstairs to see her. And, you know, what do you get? We Around the holidays, what do you get a millionaire who hosts a show? What do you get him for Christmas or whatever, right? <laughs> so one year I said to Martha, I go, Martha, you know what I'm getting you for Christmas? Five days of unpaid labor at your ranch up in uh, up in wherever she lives upstate. Oh, uh, she lives up in uh, uh, six eighty four up there. Anyway, oh, Bruce Brewster, uh, by, up by Brewster, up okay. up there by begins with a K. Um, K uh, Mount Kisco, uh, something like that, up okay. up there. Anyway. She says, five, I said, five days, unpaid labor, and I'll, I'll do whatever what work you want me to do on the property. And I did six days. To this day, she thinks I did three. Oh, you really did? I did. Oh, I went there. I was in the lake pulling branches out with a snorkel and everything. They, they filmed it and put it on the show. Oh, I was knee-deep in algae. I was shitting green for like what? a week and a half. So I gave that to her. And to this day, I even saw her a couple of weeks ago. Joey, you still owe me two days in my pond. <laughs> Joey. That's what she would do. But she would put me on camera a lot and stuff. A lot. But yeah, but that was tough. That was, that was a tough show to. Because to I get you. She, she was at. So she was at uh, Wendy. And, and I went up to wow. see her. Wow. Because we shoot Rachel on her Instagram. Great doing Wendy. Also got to see Joey Cola, my, my warm up guy. Artiste. What, she calls fun, me Artiste. Yeah, warm up Artiste. The funniest uh, comic in the world, blah, blah, blah. She puts this whole thing. The next day, she's oh on Oz. God. Wow. Next day, she comes on Oz. And I go. I'll take that and put it on our page. I, I go, Oz, the HBO show. No, no, no. no, no. Doctor. <laughs> I go. So we're in a commercial, and I go to, the, to our stage manager, Seth Melman. I go, right. Seth. I say, you know, Joey Cola was, and, and the audience all knows you. 
I go, Joey Cola was Martha's warm-up, and she, like, lights up. She hears his name. I go, Joey got me this job, and, you know, Martha saw him and wrote this wonderful thing on Instagram about how funny he is. And, uh, and Seth goes, well, I go, yeah, I go, you know who's never done that? Dr. Oz for me. That's who's never done that. <laughs> oh, that's drinks, jokes, and storytelling. <laughs> Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.